Good morning, friends. Good morning. Let's sing together, okay? Why don't you stand and sing with us, please? One, two, three, four.
Good morning. We have a new face up here preaching. Doesn't look anything like Cheryl, so we, but we welcome him this morning. Uh, and we welcome you to Holotus Hills United Methodist Church. We are a vibrant spiritual community, learning to love God, love others, and to serve the world. I am Sharon Fitzpatrick, and uh, what I love about uh, Holotus Hills is I think our church family is just so committed to our mission statement and to mission to service in the community and throughout the world. I think that's just really a blessing. I hope each and every one of you feel welcomed in worship today. Today, Pastor Cheryl is away as a spiritual director for the Women's Walk to Emmaus, and I want to report on Jenny. She's doing great. We did the candlelight last night, so she did great. We are happy to welcome Reverend Wesley Craig as our preacher, and he will lead us in Holy Communion today. This morning, he will be preaching from the Gospel of John as he offers a message about Jesus and Nicodemus and new birth. If you are a first-time guest, please let us know by filling out the blue card found in the, um, the pew uh, pocket at the end and fill that out and put it either in the offering plate or in the welcome, uh, the welcome center. There is a box out there. You can just slip it in. You will also find yellow prayer cards there so you can let us pray for you. And you can return them again by putting them either in the offering plate or you can put them in the welcome center. We are now going to acknowledge Christ's presence with us. Let us welcome the light of Christ. This morning, uh, our scripture is from John 3, verses 1 through 17. And if you'd like to follow along in the Pew Bible, it's on page 968. Now, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is that person. And Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, are you the teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, 
but in order that the world might be saved through him. The word of God for the people of God. Let us bow in prayer. Help me, Lord, to remember that religion is not to be confined to the church, nor exercise only in prayer and meditation, but that everywhere I am in thy presence. You, O Lord, have called us to watch and pray. Therefore, whatever may be in, the sin, may be in sin against which we pray, make us careful to watch against it. And so have reason to expand that our prayers will be answered. In order to perform this duty all right, grant us grace to preserve a sober, equal temper, and sincerely to pray for your assistance. Amen. At this time, we'd like to invite any children who'd like to attend our Spark Worship. We're going to exit straight out the back here with Miss Mary. And we're going to go sing about the sweet love of Jesus. We're going to dance. We're going to learn more about Nicodemus and Jesus. And then we're going to, parents, we'll be back in here for communion later in service. Greetings, church. Good morning. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you this day. It is so, thank you. <laughs> I'm just too excited to say Hi. <laughs> But it is so good to be with you this morning. Uh, it's been a great morning. And uh, allow me just to take a moment to say thank you, thank you for your warm welcome and hospitality. Uh, it is a joy for me to worship with you today. Um, on most Sundays, uh, I'm at Laurel Heights United Methodist with my family. Uh, that's where they are. They're, they're involved, my wife and kids. So they're there, and I'm with you, and uh, I get you all to myself. So, but it is so good to be with you. And uh, but before uh, I lead us in this morning's pastoral prayer, I don't know how your morning's been uh, before you sat down on the pews. And maybe you've had a great morning. Maybe it's been rough. Maybe this week's been hard. And uh, before I lead us in the prayer, oh, and by the way, don't forget, this is for you too, these yellow cards. Pastor Cheryl asked me to remind you. Fill that out. You're invited to do so. Place in the offering basket or in the welcome center. I know that uh, you pray faithfully for these requests. So that's before you as, as an opportunity. Uh, but I'll let, invite you to just take 20 to 30 seconds of just being still. You can take a moment to offer your personal prayer in silence for what is heavy maybe on your heart and mind today. Or uh, just be. Just take a deep breath. Be aware of God's love and grace and presence in you and among us, in this place, in this hour of worship. Let's pray. Loving and gracious God, we give you thanks that you hear our prayers. And not only do you hear us, you care. You love us and you respond. And so we trust you, O oh God, and we place our concerns, our sorrows, our fears, our failures into your healing hands of grace. We confess our need to continually turn to you away from sin and towards forgiveness and new life. We pray for our families our community, our enemies, 
our world. We lift up Pastor Cheryl this morning and each pilgrim participating in this week's Women's Walk to Emmaus. And so God, as we continue our Lenten journey, help us all by your Spirit to give up all that's hindering us from faithful discipleship and take up all that leads to life. We praise you and we thank you for so loving the world that you gave your only son so that we might have life eternal. And may during this time of worship, may we be transformed by your love. In Jesus' name, we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. So I am a hospital chaplain uh, during, the, during, during the week and even on Sunday. Today I'll be heading out to the hospital um, with Methodist Healthcare System. And so a lot of my daily ministry involves emotional and spiritual support for people in the hospital who are ill. Uh, and also to their support system, usually family members who are there at bedside. And of course, during every day, there's coming and goings. People are... Uh, come in the hospital, they're ill, they get cared for, and they are discharged. They go home, go on to living life, ideally, hopefully, in better health. But in some instances, not always. Sometimes folks come into the hospital and they don't leave alive. They, they die in that very place. Sometimes they receive word that they're not going to live. And sometimes when that happens, when there is an acceptance of that reality and that hard, those hard, that hard news in the nearness of death, that does create space, some space to prepare for what's important, to live out what's important to, to someone's life when they know that. And, and, and that's unique to each person. And back in 2020, uh, Ken Fusen died. But before he died, he had some time to prepare for his death. And he prepared by reflecting upon his life, the life that he's lived. And he, what part of the things he wanted to do was to write his own obituary, which he did. And as I, I want to share that, this with you, and you'll hear that he had also a sense of humor, so as I'm reading this, it's okay to laugh if it's a little bit funny at times, but this is what he reflected upon and what he shared. He said, he names himself Ken Fusen, born June 23, 1956, died at Nebraska Medical Center of Liver, liver Cirrhosis and is stunned to learn that the world is somehow able to go on without him. Ken attended the University of Missouri, Columbia's famous school of journalism, which is a clever way of saying almost graduated but didn't. He attended. But facing a choice between the story, covering that story for the newspaper, or taking his final exams, Ken went for the story. He never claimed to be smart, but he did claim to be committed to the story. And in 1981, he landed his dream job, which is great, working as a reporter for the Des Moines Register. He ended up winning several feature writing awards. He says, no, he didn't win the Pulitzer Prize, so he, but he's dead now, so get off his back. In 2011, 
he accepted a job in the marketing department at Simpson College, where he remained until 2018. And he was diagnosed with liver disease at the beginning of 2019, which is pretty ironic given how little he drank. He is survived by his sons, who all brought Ken unsurpassed joy. He hopes they will forgive him for not making the point more often. He loved his boys and was and is extraordinarily proud to be their father. He had, Kent had many character flaws, he admits. If he still owes you money, he's sorry, sincerely. He prided himself in letting other drivers cut in line. I don't think he drove in San Antonio. We don't really do that. For most of his life, Ken suffered from a compulsive gambling addiction that nearly destroyed him. But his church friends never gave up on him. Ken last placed a bed on September 5th, 2009. He died clean. He hopes that anyone who needs help will seek it. Miracles abound. Ken's pastor says God can work miracles for you and through you. Skepticism may be cool, but for too many years, Ken embraced it. But it was his faith in Jesus that transformed his life. That was the one thing he never regretted. It changed everything. God is good. Embrace every moment, even the bad ones. See you in heaven. Ken promises to let you cut in line. I love the culminating part of all that he shares, which, in my opinion, isn't so much of an obituary as a testimony, really. He shares his life journey, his joys, his successes, his regrets, his sorrows, and highlights above all that he experienced in life how his faith in Jesus, this person of Jesus Christ, transformed him. And from what we hear in John's gospel today, transformation is necessary and that begins the process of changing our lives through being born again. There's different ways it's said being born again, born from above or born anew or born of the Spirit through faith and trust in Jesus, which of course is what John's gospel wants for all the readers and hearers. That's why John's writing it is so that anyone who hears will believe. But in this morning's passage, what well, we heard in that, that, that reading, Jesus elaborates further on this new birth, saying that this new birth enables one to see God's kingdom. It enables a person to enter into God's kingdom. And transformation obviously, is needed for that seeing and entering. And, and the butterfly comes to mind for me in this, this passage, this beautiful morning, this as spring is approaching. And, and, and the butterfly is over here to your right. On that middle banner is a beautiful butterfly, which is a traditional uh, illustration of this new birth and transformation that happens through Jesus Christ. And at, because at first, the butterfly is a caterpillar. You ever seen a caterpillar? Yeah? Not, no, I, I don't know if any of us have ever looked at a caterpillar and said, ooh, that's pretty. <laughs> I wanna, or if we say, I want to be, I wanna, no, we're all glad the caterpillar doesn't stay that way. But at first, the caterpillar is just a caterpillar. 
But after eating 200 times its body weight, I think I might do that today for lunch. I'm getting kind of hungry. I might try to keep it to 100 pounds. But after a caterpillar eats 200 pounds its body weight, it prepares its body for what's to come. Spinning itself into a shell, eventually emerges out of that cocoon different, transformed, with new characteristics and new features and abilities, born anew, born again. Now it has wings and now it can fly. And now when people look at it, it's like, ooh, that's a beautiful insect. <laughs> and it's because it's different. And having been born anew for us through this faith in Jesus, we too become different people with new features, new abilities, new marks on us. But how can we know? We hear this. We hear that we must be born again. But how, for us today, how can we be, have some assurance that that's our life experience through Jesus Christ? What are the marks of this new birth that's offered to us? If we ask John Wesley, if he was to walk into our doors this morning with us, he helps us and elaborates uh, he, many years ago in his own sermon on this topic about these marks that, so that when we see them and experience them, we can say, in these ways, we are experiencing God's kingdom now. Yes, it's a promise for us in the future when it fully comes. But even now today, we can see and enter into God's kingdom. Do y'all want to go? Do we want to see? I trust that we already are. And maybe sometimes we just don't know it. And maybe these marks will help us at some basic levels to say we see it and we're entering into it. And Lent is a, way, is a season that invites us to create some space this week through these marks that I'm going to mention. And there are three that I'll go through not too long. They'll be quite brief. That'll help us to see in our own lives this experience that's before us. And I so today, if you have a pen and paper, I invite you this week to reflect on these three marks in your own life. As we heard in John's gospel, the very first foundational mark of this new birth is faith. It's faith. It's a mark of the new birth, a necessary mark of the new birth. Jesus remind, John reminds us that this isn't like a mental ascent to a set of beliefs, but a disposition which God does in the heart. A sure trust and confidence in God that through the merits of Jesus Christ, not our own, thanks be to God, right? But through the merits of Jesus Christ, that our sins are forgiven, and we are in the favor of God. That in itself is, when, when Ken says miracles abound, that is a miracle for God to work in our hearts to bring us to a place in which we trust and have such confidence in God through Jesus that we know that we are a forgiven people, reconciled and in a right relationship with God, our creator who loves us. And has done all that we need through the life of Jesus to provide all that we need to be restored and in God's favor. And I hope if we trust in that and know that, that that gives us a peace. 
deep in our heart, a blessed assurance, if you will, that we belong to God. I once read a story many, many, probably a few years ago about a man who was taking his adopted daughter to Disney World. And for years, uh, she'd wanted to go. She'd wanted to go there. But she was denied by her original adopted parents. But when she finally experienced the Magic Kingdom, this is her, her response. She said, Daddy, I finally got to go to Disney World. But it wasn't because I was good. It was because I'm yours. Hear that again. It wasn't because I was good. It's because I'm yours. And the same goes for the Spirit of God that works in our hearts. The call of Jesus that we hear and is offered to us every day of our lives. It's not because we're good. It's because of grace. God wanting to just to... I'm getting tripped up there. <laughs> Wanting to just give us all his favor that comes through Jesus and to reconcile us in that right relationship. And, that's, and because we belong to God, that is true in us through this mark of faith that transforms our status and our relationship with God. And we're forgiven. New birth, new life. And, and, and also, and in this life, the second mark, of course, is naturally connected to this faith. The second mark is hope. Hope is, if, if we experience hope in our daily lives, we, can, we are seeing and entering into God's kingdom. Not that we will go to the magic kingdom, but that, that we will enter into God's kingdom in this life because God is with us and at work in us and holds us each and every moment of all that we go through. Even pain, even suffering, even through the valley of the shadow of death, God is with us. We have hope. We're not a hopeless people. And I think that's what we heard in that first hymn, that through the storm... Whatever it is, not that we avoid the storm, but through the storm, he is Lord of all. And so when we're afraid, when we are feeling down and discouraged, and like things just aren't going to work out well, we see and experience God's kingdom when we turn our eyes to God, to Jesus in that storm, knowing that we are not alone. We don't give up. We endure through it by God's Spirit that it's a work in our lives. So that's, that makes sense that if we trust in God, have this confidence of having God's favor, that God's with us, we hope. And even this is summarized in Paul's own words later on when he writes to the Romans. I mean, here's some of this. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have obtained access to his grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing in the glory of God. And not only that, we boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us, 
because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that's been given to us. And that's the last mark that I want to mention this morning. Faith, hope, you can guess, right? Love. When we love each other, when we experience the love of God, we are seeing and entering into the reign of Jesus in our lives. And that's what John says too in, in, in chapter 4. God lives in us and they in God and we know and rely upon the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. We don't have to like we don't always or expect to agree with each other about everything under the sun. But we do know that at the heart of our life together in this world, we should never doubt and should never strive to stop loving each other. That's different from liking. That's different from agreeing. But no matter what may be our differences, we love. And that love is poured into us by God's Spirit. And it goes out to us to others. And it means that we seek and we strive to stay in a relationship with each other. When someone harms us, we, seek, we, we are open and we, and we seek to be accept forgiveness and reconciliation. And we endure through it all. So if we're harmed, we are ready to forgive. If we harm someone else, we're, we love so much that we're willing to say, I'm sorry. And we seek reconciliation with the other person. Love is expressed in so many ways such as this. And it's the hope of restoration and newness of life that also keeps us going by God's Spirit. That keeps us loving, trusting that God still heals. And it's this love that keeps us serving each other in our world. It doesn't come from us. It comes from the Spirit through this new birth that's a lifelong process of transformation into something beautiful. And that's Jesus in us. And so these marks, I hope, help us to realize that these are ways in which we can recognize and see that we are entering into God's kingdom and that we are different. And so today I, I want us to ask, maybe not so much, have we been born again in the past? But are we born again today? Is my life today marked with faith, sure trust and confidence in God? Through the merits of just that, we are in God's favor and forgiven. Are we a hopeful people? That you know, when we go through hard times, we can see light piercing the darkness. And through all that, we never give up on love. In Ken's obituary, we can discern these marks. And may we discern those marks too this week as we reflect upon our lives. This season of Lent, may we give up disbelief. May we give up despair, hopelessness. May we give up hatred and instead let us trust and be hopeful in love. 
in this life. And during this season of preparation for Easter, maybe we're not preparing literally for our death like Ken did, but we can prepare through die, for our death to self, our death to sin, and in doing so, prepare for life that comes to us through this faith. And so I invite us this week, in conclusion, reflect upon these marks this week. Upon these marks in our lives, and may we give thanks when we reflect and say, I see it there. I've, I've experienced it there in these ways, in these moments. And give thanks for this beautiful born-again life that comes through the grace and love of God in Jesus Christ. Because God, all because God so loves the world. All because God so loves us. All because God so loves you. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. We will now have uh, our invitation for offering. And uh, Pastor Cheryl always asks us to say, why do we give? And one of the reasons I give is that um, I feel that I'm just so blessed. My, my home, my children, my family, and I know that those were all gifts given to me by God. And uh, by giving my offering, I feel that I'm playing it forward. So that is why I do that. So uh, let's uh, go into prayer and begin with God of unwavering love. You have held nothing back in your love for us, not even your son. How we marvel at that kind of love and how we long to reflect a portion of that devotion back to you. As we dedicate our offering to you, lead us away from our tendency to hold back and worry that there will not be enough. Help us to live as the people of love and abundance you have called us to be. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. As we prepare to celebrate uh, the Lord's Supper, uh, let's remember whose table this is. This is not, this table does not belong to United Methodist Church. Jesus is the host of this meal, the one who gives these tangible gifts of God's grace to nourish us for a life of faithful discipleship, to enter into to God's kingdom with faith, hope, and love in our daily lives. Just as Jesus ate with sinners so very long ago, He's still present eating with us today, providing us this holy meal. And all of this is God's gift offered to us without price. So no matter what you've done this week, whatever condition you are in, just know you are welcome to come and receive and be transformed by God's grace. It's also a time uh, that gives us space to confess our sin, receive forgiveness, and to pledge to go forth from this place, out these doors, to lead a life of faithful discipleship with faith, hope, and love. So I invite you to either turn to page 12 in your hymnal or feel free to follow along on the screen. 
Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You brought all things into being and called them good. From the dust of the earth, you formed us into your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. When rain fell upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, you bore up the ark on the waters, saved Noah and his family, and made covenant with every living creature on earth. When you led your people to Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights, you gave us your commandments and made us your covenant people. When your people forsook your covenant, your prophet Elijah fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and on your holy mountain, he heard your still, small voice. And so with the people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and we join in their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. When you gave him to save us from our sin, your spirit led him into the wilderness, where he fasted 40 days and 40 nights to prepare for his ministry. When he suffered and died on a cross for our sin, you raised him to life, presented him alive to the apostles during 40 days, and exalted him at your right hand. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. Now, when your people prepare for the yearly feast of Easter, you lead us to repentance for sin and the cleansing of our hearts, that during these 40 days of Lent, we may be gifted and graced to reaffirm the covenant you made with us through Christ. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many 
for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ and one with each other, and one minister to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory, and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours. Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. And the cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. And now let us pray the prayer our Lord taught us to pray as children of God. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The table is set. You're invited to come for these gifts of God's grace and love and mercy to nourish you in your life of discipleship this day. Anytime I'm, I'm invited over to someone's house for a meal and I've been shown generosity and a delicious uh, a meal with others, uh, it's always appropriate before you leave to say thank you. Thank you so much. And that's what we do now. Let's give thanks to God for this holy meal that's been provided for us this day. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, as a tradition in our church, we always, one of our ending uh, tasks is to say our mission statement. So if you will just say it along with me. The mission of Halotus Hills United Methodist Church is to nurture and grow disciples of Christ Jesus for the transformation of our community and the world. Now we have just a few announcements. Um, that I'd like to share with you. Um, as we, pre we prepare for Palm Sunday and Easter, we have a church work day on March the 25th from 9 to noon. Maybe, I don't know if there'll be food or not, but maybe. And also, don't forget that next week, everyone at 3 o'clock in the morning needs to change their clock because we are going to spring forward. And, uh, <laughs> and now Jesse Spina, our Director of Children's ed or Christian Education, will share some more announcements.
I just wanted to give you all an update on our Easter egg hunt. We are off to a good start with collecting donations. In fact, I just got a huge donation of eggs during Sunday school, which brings our count to around 1,000 eggs. So I wanted to say thank you to everybody who's donated those. Um, our candy count is a little bit behind the eggs. So we want to make sure we have candy to fill them. But right now, we have about five large bags, um, 10 medium bags, and 10 small bags of candy. Uh, we appreciate all of the donations that you give to us for the Easter egg hunt. I know it might be like we're just throwing candy at the kids, but our egg hunt brings many members of our community out here. We get to open them with wel welcoming arms. We get to say, you know, we are, we are here. We're part of your community. We want to get to know you. So it's so much more than candy and eggs. It's a connection with those who are around us. And we have an egg hunt planning um, meeting next Sunday after this service. I will bring food for you because I like food. Um, so there'll be food there, but if you'd like to help us plan the egg hunt, we have refreshments that happen during the egg hunt. We have crafts and games and all sorts of activities. We have the Bible story, the Easter story read during the egg hunt, and that all takes people to do, and it all takes you all being there and being a part of the church, and I so am thankful for everybody who helps out with that. So if you're interested in coming, it's at noon next Sunday. I'll see you there, Miss Val. I'm watching you. Also... Our next Serve Saturday is March 18th at 4 p.m. in the Fellowship Hall. We are supporting the Little Free Libraries program that is throughout San Antonio. It's actually a nationwide program that's community-based. But we have several located in community parks here in San Antonio. And we are doing a book drive collecting um, children's books to fill those libraries. There is a Amazon wish list on the little flyers out there you can scan that has suggestions for children's books to put in those, as well as children's Bibles to place inside of them. We are also building two libraries, one to donate to the city so they can put it into a new city park. Um, as far as I know right now, it looks like we will be putting it to Phil Hardberger Park, which is sort of in the Castle Hills area. I requested one closer, but we'll see if it happens. Um, and as well as one to put here eventually on our church campus to spread that community love to all, everybody who comes on our campus. I don't know if you know this, but we have people who come during the week to play in the playground. So we will have children's books available anytime they want to take those books with them. Um, if you're interested in helping with this Serve Saturday, those two, uh, the book drive's happening now, and then you can show up on March 18th at 4 o'clock, and we will label books, we'll pray over them, and we will build some libraries. Thank you. And now I invite you to receive this morning's benediction. Go forth in peace. Go forth to love and serve the Lord in faith, hope, and love. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with each and every one of you this week. Amen. Amen.